Hi guys, it's All Talk No Action, and we're coming at you with our third episode, and this is Bridget Thus Speaking. This is Ravina, and before we start, I just want to say we're going to get some thunder noise in here. Because... There's actually a hurricane yep. and going on outside where we live. Tornado's on its way. Mm-hmm. So, despite all our physical difficulties, we persevered and we're filming this episode. We live in a very um, turbulent, tumultuous state. Yeah. <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So this episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite movies and TV shows, but we're also going to explain why we like them and kind of what they mean to us. And why you two should go and listen to it, watch them, enjoy. Yep. So maybe you might get some ideas for what to watch next. Okay. Who wants to go first? Rock, paper, scissors? Um, we're going to say, say out loud what you... Yep. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, paper, scissors, damn it, yep. go. Alright, so my first movie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, basically, it's about, it follows this relationship that's both starting and ending, and it's of this man named Joel and this woman named Clementine, and Clementine's character is kind of, sort of there to deconstruct the manic pixie dream girl trope, and it kind of the commentary it makes about relationships and what they mean is really interesting and it's also one of those movies that you kind of have to watch twice to really understand what's happening which i find makes it really unique because it does a lot of interesting things with timelines and i know this director does this a lot actually i don't remember his name but (laughs) yeah so it was definitely worth a watch if you like movies that are both trippy but also really speak to you personally and I don't know, it's like it's a very different like romance movie. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even really call it a romance movie, but yep, that's my recommendation. Is there anything like um I don't know, just like I haven't watched the movie, but the synopsis reminds me of Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh, okay. It's and I haven't even watched that movie, but I've read <laughs> no, the plot. They're similar like overall kind of ideas. Like they're both about relationships and like what You know time. that they end, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, they're pretty different, but it's, I guess, a similar idea. Would you put it in the same genre? I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, okay, so my number one movie is very different. It's Shawshank Redemption, and you'll, like, find this movie on a bunch of, like, best-of-all-time lists, and I completely agree with that, because I think this movie is just one of those movies that really changes your perspective after. Like, I watched this movie when I was in seventh grade for the first time, which is, like, a little young, but after I was convinced I wanted to be, like, a criminal defense lawyer. And so that didn't really hold through for very long, but it definitely changed my perspective on, like, the whole jail system. And it just made me realize that, I don't know, just, like, how, man, how much more there was to life, I guess. <laughs> or just how bad people's struggles could be and how people could manage their situation to better the outcome. What's it about? It's about, oh, yeah. It's about this guy who gets framed for the murder of his wife, and he knows he's innocent the whole time, but he ends up getting a prison sentence that's, like, life in prison, and it's about, like, the people he meets in prison and how he plans on, if he plans on escaping and, like, how he plans to do so. And it's also just about how he keeps himself sane throughout the whole experience, because it's something that really just, like, if you know you're innocent, but if you know that you're in there for life without a possibility of parole, it just, most people would completely lose their mind, but this main character, you just see him, like, hold it together, 
And it's honestly just kind of inspiring. <laughs> That's really interesting. I want to watch that movie. Um, oh, and um, Morgan Freeman's in it. Oh, that was even better reason enough. <laughs> okay. Um, also very different. <laughs> My other movie is Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I know is like kind of basic, but um, I read the book too, and I love the book. But if you haven't seen it, it's just about this kid who's very reserved because of some things that have happened in his life. And he's going into high school and he's not able to make friends, but then he meets this like great friend group of seniors. And it's just about kind of everything that goes on with that friend group. And it's so comforting because you see it from Charlie's point of, Charlie's the main character, you see it from his point of view. And like it's like you're living through him. And it's really good to see him kind of like branch out over time, especially if you like kind of relate to that being reserved and like not really being able to make friends. Like going along with him feels like genuinely really heartwarming. And I've watched this movie several times because <laughs> I just love it so much. But it's just a feel-good movie, I think. And it's it like, I mean, it's a sad movie, kind of. But I think in the end, there's a lot of good lessons you can take out of it. Like, I don't know, like the value of your friends and of like living in the moment. And yeah, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you're in high, if you're in high school. I think it's a good watch. And also the book is like really good. So read that too. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so I was going to talk about just the Dark Knight trilogy in general, because I, I love those three movies, but I'm just going to include all Christopher Nolan movies as my next one, because I just, I love him as a director, and I just think he's really good at storytelling, and that a lot of times you need to watch his movies multiple times. So I'll just like, I'll pick an example. I'll pick Prestige which is one of his earlier movies. I think it came out in 2006, and it's got Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale in it. And when you first watch that movie, you see it as what it is, it's, and that seems to be, like, two magicians fighting for the spotlight in, like, Victorian-era Europe. And it seems pretty straightforward at first, but when you watch it the second time, you see how many clues there are in the earlier parts of the movie that lead up to, like, the great finale ending. And I just think that that's one of Christopher Nolan's, like, best abilities. Like, his ability to slowly introduce, like, major plot points hidden in plain sight almost throughout the movie. And I think that just makes any Christopher Nolan movie a great watch, and a great rewatch especially. Yeah, I love movies like that, where there's so many elements of foreshadowing, mm -hmm. but you genuinely don't realize it. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially, like, even, like, Inception, uh -huh. or yeah. Tenet, I don't know, that movie was a lot, <laughs> and but like I'm sure it was there. It's, like, genuinely mind-blowing yeah. when you realize it. And it's not even just, like, stupid plot twists mm -hmm. at the end, you're like, wow, I, like, really didn't see this mm -hmm. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, next movie. Um, my next one is a bit of a 180. <laughs> it's School of Rock. Um, this is just, I don't have a lot to say about it, but this is just a fun movie. Um, I mean, I play the guitar, so <laughs> I'm not very good, but it's just, it's just so fun to watch. And it, I would say it's a comfort movie as well. Why'd you do that? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah. Jack Black's in it, which is always a good time. Oh, and isn't then, he um, Kung Fu Panda? Is he? I think he is. Oh my god. Jack Black's in everything. Yeah. But, yeah, so it follows Jack Black as he, like, substitutes for this class in this, like, 
like really uptight private school and then he turns the whole class into like a rock band and then they go perform at a venue and it's just it's just fun like that's all i can say about it it's a really fun movie and i don't know highly recommend yeah. it's one of, it's like i don't know was it night early 2000s i feel like it's just like a cultural icon 2003 so obviously we're gonna get the early 2000s rock and roll vibes <laughs> in there yeah um, That's it. So my next movie is Lady Bird. And the first time I watched this movie, I was like, again, like in seventh grade. And a lot of it went over my head. So then I rewatched this movie again, like this summer. And I realized how relevant it was to me, especially right now, because it's about this high school senior who's applying to colleges, struggling like with self-identity and feeling like she missed out on like a lot of high school experiences while also having like a lot of issues with her family, especially her mom. I just feel like that speaks for a lot of girls who, like, identify a lot with her character because she appeals to the people who don't feel like they're enough. And I feel like I, I definitely related to that. And then also, like, the familial issues part of it. But I think the issue was just the, the movie was really good at displaying her issues and displaying how a lot of times it's her own negative outlook on situation that causes her to be in these problems rather than like the actual reality of it so i thought that movie was just like therapeutic honestly to watch and like a lot of the movie you see her trying to be something that she's not Mm -hmm. like calling herself ladybird and like getting with the what's his name getting with some like kyle yeah kyle is that a plot point what it's not really a plot point yeah it's like not major but getting with that guy and like towards the end it's really nice to see her kind of realize that she doesn't need these things and like she kind of goes back to her. It's best like a friend. full circle. It's mm-hmm. a full circle kind of movie, but it's like also it's a full circle, much, but a lot of growth. It's a very in much that coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, I mean that's kind of it for my movies. Um, do you want to move on to shows? Okay, I'll move on to shows. <laughs> you will continue movies. I just like movies a lot more than I like shows. No, I I love movies, but I'm just like so behind. Like I haven't seen so many of like pop of the popular movies it's just kind of like a daunting task to catch up but I, I really want to so my first show that I'm going to be talking about is Community so Community is a show about this group of people <laughs> sorry I'm allergic to her cat so some um technical difficulties in the background I guess <laughs> okay so Community is about this group of people who seem to have nothing to do with each other but they all come together because they're all going to community college for their variety of reasons. And it's, it's like, it's a genuinely very funny show. The humor is, it's different than what you'd see in most, like, comedy shows, like The Office or whatever. But the humor is, like, genuinely intelligent. And the writers have, like, such a way of making the show, like, weird and confusing at times. But... And in the end, it comes together, and you become, like, emotionally attached to these characters. And I know everyone says, like, it all goes downhill at season four, but even after that, you can't help but just, like, love the show. (laughs) Because if you don't know season four, when they change the writers. But, I don't know, it's, like, it's a pretty long show, too, so you're kind of stuck with these characters for a while. And you start to love them, even though they all have, they're all, like, terrible people, to be honest. (laughs) Like... But 
Yeah, it's it's genuinely a comforting show, and it's it's both a comedy and like a serious show at times too, because it tackles a lot of genuine issues as well. Like, um, there's an well, actually maybe I shouldn't say that because it's like a spoiler. Oh. Like each each character it's not has, that there's serious <laughs> issues involved. Each character has their own like problems, and they each get episodes like about them and working through them, and it's very self aware. Like. It's not just funny and just, like, throwing jokes out. It, like, talks about the show itself. And it also breaks the fourth wall so many times, which is actually really funny. But, yeah, um, that's all I have to say about Community. Yeah, no, I, I started it, and it's definitely it's definitely out there. <laughs> no, I really liked it. I watched the first few episodes, but then I started watching Squid Game. So focus got a little shifted. But I'm not actually going to talk about Squid Game, because that's obviously really popular right now, and I don't feel like I need to convince mm-hmm. you guys to watch it. Um, I'm gonna talk about, it's an Amazon Prime show, it's called The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and it's another comedy show, but it's about a female comedian, like, the show is centered around her life, and her name is, I forgot her first name, her last name is Maisel, (laughs) Millie Maisel? Midge, her nickname is Midge, everyone calls her Midge, um, wanna check that for me? Um, I'm gonna check it. Miriam. Oh, Miriam is. I knew that. And her dad's name is Abe. So yeah, I, I know the show. <laughs> but it's, again, it's one of those comedy shows that's really intelligently written. Like, it's not just, like, slapstick humor. It's, a lot of it's commenting about social issues during the time, and it takes place in New York in the 1950s. So obviously there's a lot of, like, social change, demographic change happening in the city during that time. And she's this up-and-coming Jewish comedian and this isn't really a spoiler, it's in the first episode, whose husband, who originally wanted to be a comedian, he left her in the first episode, and so, turns out she was always the one writing all his jokes, coming up with all his content, so she decided that, like, why not do it from herself? So, the show just follows her journey into going into, like, this entertainment industry as a woman during that time, and, like, an attractive woman, so she's often, like, taken advantage of or, like, looked down upon, but she always has a humorous outlook on it, which is what the viewer really gets to see in that show. And I highly recommend. It's on Amazon Prime, and um, I think there are four seasons. They might be coming out with a fifth one. Yeah. That sounds really good. I'm gonna watch that. Um... But it's like a different type of humor than community. Mm-hmm. It's more like the... It's almost like a drawn-out humor. Yeah. But I, I think both shows are very drawn fun. Out. Drawn out. and like It's not like immediate jokes, and I it's don't know like... if you'll like laugh while watching the show but like you'll understand why it's like funny yeah yeah because community is very much like dry humor Uh uh-huh um okay so my other show is orange is the new black (laughs) i love this show okay so you start out and it's just kind of like it feels like a comedy but also with some serious undertones but it gets very dark very fast and you become so attached to these characters and their storylines and a lot of their storylines are so heartbreaking, but the sad part about it is that so much of it is, like, so real, mm-hmm. because the story, I mean, this show kind of talks about the prison system and everything that goes on in prison, and even, like, the corporate level, not only just the inmates, but you really get a glimpse, obviously it's fiction, but, and it's, like, not completely accurate, <laughs> what you just do? It's not completely <laughs> accurate. But you do, you do still get a glimpse into, like, how unjust the prison system is. And 
the characters have such great character development throughout the whole series. Even the ones you hate at the beginning, you might love them at the end or vice versa. And it's just so sad that it's something that going on like in real life with real inmates, but you just get to watch it like all unfold. And I feel like these stories like aren't like told uh-huh. often like the real inmate story. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's a good way to bring those to light. Yeah, because you no one inmates and prisoners are so like far removed from society that you don't get a chance to like empathize with them or even like think about what they're going through but i feel like with a show like this that humanizes them and makes you genuinely love these characters it's a lot easier for people to kind of grasp what's going on you know yeah yeah no i really like that show i started it but again squid game (laughs) took off the focus a little bit um i'm gonna talk about how to get away with murder and it's a show that i watched in eighth grade so that was like four years ago I remember I was watching this instead of studying for my finals, but it all worked out. And I I think this show is just one of those shows that it's kind of far-fetched, obviously, just like the premise of it, but it's one of those shows that's written with such a intense attention to detail that the plot is really just captivating and you never feel like you can stop watching. And it also helps that each episode like ends on like a cliffhanger, which is kind of gets old after some time, but... It's, it's a very interesting show. Um, I haven't watched the newest season, but I will definitely get on that soon. But I highly recommend seasons one to four at least. Nice. Is it like, what's it like about? Oh, yeah, it's about, um, so it's about this group of lawyers in grad school, and they've been selected out of their class to work with their professor, Annalise Keating. And so she's shown to be like this really high profile lawyer who's really hard on her students. She's a professor and a lawyer at the same time. And she's shown to be really hard on her students and she only picks the best out of the best. And so you see in the first episode that her five grad students accidentally murder someone. And then the rest of the season is just how they're trying to cover up their murder with the help of this professor who's like an expert at the law. And that's why it's called like how to get away with murder. Yeah. Nice. It's a really like lawyer show you learn a lot of like legal language by watching it i felt smart um okay so my other my next show is bojack horseman anyone who knows me knows <laughs> i'm obsessed with this show i've seen it about like three times in the past like two years um so it's a cartoon and you go into it expecting it to be like a funny cartoon sitcom like regular show or like rick and morty but it gets so real so fast and honestly at the beginning you can see it trying to be a sitcom but i think it sort of figures it out as you go on but it it handles like talking about mental health in a way that i don't think any show ever has before like it's just what are you doing i was playing the trailer for bojack horseman in the background sorry um but (laughs) but uh oh my god i can't even (laughs) think anymore sorry uh, yeah, but, so you, it, it stars Bojack Horseman, who is, like, an objectively terrible person. Horse. But, yes, horse. <laughs> horse person. But you sympathize with him, even though he's done some horrible things, but you just, you live through him. And it's like, I feel like everyone sees a little bit of themselves in each character, and each character represents something so different. Like, Bojack is this, like, sad, like, ex- 
famous Hollywood actor. Todd is just this guy who doesn't really understand what he's doing with his life, but he's figuring it out. Princess Carolyn keeps overworking herself, like, in every <laughs> aspect of her life. And there's, I think there's something for everyone in this show. It's both genuinely so funny and also, like, heart-wrenching at the same time. And some of the episodes are so well-directed. Directed is... Directed. Yeah. They're just so well-made and... Oh, because it's a cartoon. Yeah. That's what Created. Created. Drawn. Yeah. Animated. Fabricated. <laughs> too far, too far. <laughs> but yeah, I would recommend this for literally anyone. I mean, it can get kind of dark at times, so maybe watch with some care. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show to watch. Um, so I don't actually watch too many shows, so I'm just gonna go back to recommending movies. <laughs> um, so I watched this movie on the plane, actually, which I feel like invalidates it, like, a little bit, but I still really liked it. It's called Promising Young Women, and it was, it's a more recent movie. I think it came out in, like, 2020 or 2021, and it stars Casey Mulligan, who I really, like, like as an actress, and so this is, you get introduced to her character, and you see her, she's in her late 20s, she's working, like, a dead-end job as some, like, barista, and... In the night, she basically goes to nightclubs and pretends to be extremely drunk, hoping to get, like, men lured towards her. And basically, these men are always, like, the nice guys. They're always claimed to be, like, the ones that the ones that are actually good to women. So they always act like they're helping her. They take her home, and then they always, without fail, every single one tries to take advantage of her. And, again, remember, she's only pretending to be drunk. So about halfway through their little session, she... <laughs> basically comes back to her full senses and confronts the man and you later learn that this is done in an effort to try to make the men more aware that they can't just go around taking advantage of girls who seem intoxicated and so first as the viewer you're like why does she have like this vendetta this personal vendetta against like so many men and then you learn more about her story through flashbacks and you learn why she's in the situation that she is. And then you learn what her, like, future plans are for the world, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a really, it's a really sad movie. That's not really a spoiler. It's just a really sad movie in general. And you really feel, you feel bad for the main character because she was once, like, a really promise. She was once a med school student. And now you see her in, like, this completely depressed state. She's living with her parents. She's 28. She has no friends. She has no life, basically, except to try to carry out her, like, vendetta. And you see, like, what caused her to go into that state, and then, yeah. I, it's a really good movie. I haven't seen that, but it seems really good. It and makes also me so really relevant. sad thinking. And it's, yeah, it's obviously really relevant. Yeah. Uh, your turn. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I guess, okay, my other show is Sex Education. So, they actually just came out with a new season that I finished today. <laughs> well, I mean, I finished the last episode today. Oh, good. But, it's like one. No, no. <laughs> but, um, this, so this show, I mean, I guess you can tell from the title what it's kind of about. But it's just so, like, unapologetic with the topics. And it's, like, genuinely very informative. Because I know, at least our school has zero sex ed program. <laughs> But more than that, it's so funny, like, the jokes are 
the jokes hit every time. It's a British show, so oh, <laughs> that's why. The accent? Ew, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and you also have the relationships that are built in the show and the characters that are, like, created are also just so relatable. You get very attached to the friendships and you genuinely get sad when the, when their friendships end. Like, Otis and Eric are best friends from the beginning and whenever anything happens, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like, you genuinely feel sad because you're, you feel that you're part of this friendship or you're watching it as like an outsider. And all these characters feel so real. Like, they behave in a way that I feel like real people would. And it's sort of, the show gives me the vibe of like a Wes Anderson movie, the way it's filmed. And like the way the characters speak and everything, I don't know. It just... Oh, I love Wes Anderson. Yeah, no, but <laughs> but like the way it just formatted kind of gives me that vibe. But yeah, it's a really good, funny show, and it also just feels really good to watch. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm gonna think of another movie on the spot. I was gonna talk about Knives Out. I'll just yeah, Knives Out is a really good movie. I just watched it a while ago. And I don't really remember the plot, but um. No, actually, I do remember the plot, but I will not reveal any part of the plot because I feel like I could spoil something. <laughs> I just think it's a really, it's a really witty movie, and it's a thriller, but it's also a comedy at the same time, and I feel like that's a hard combination to achieve, but this movie does it really well. Um, Jordan Peele's Get Out is the only other movie that I know that really successfully accomplishes this, so I'd say these two movies are in the same league in terms of the comedy thriller stance. Get Out is obviously a lot more about social issues, but Knives Out is more of just like a lighthearted insight into the crazy dynamic of the family of a dead billionaire. Nice. Knives Out, Get Out. Knives Out, Get Out, yeah. Beans. Um, well, I've actually run out of things to talk about. Oh. So I will come up with something on the spot. Nice. As well. Um, my other, not other movie. Another movie I really like is The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm just looking at the posters in my room. But, okay, The Breakfast Club, I know it's just like a short little, like, I was gonna say a sitcom, but that's not true. It's just like a short little 90s movie. 80s? 70s? I'll fact check that. 60s? 1985. 80s. 80s movie. But the characters in that movie are all like these specific movie tropes. You have the princess, the bully, the jock the nerd and the basket case Wait, and it's not like a really good cast yeah i know damn okay uh, got and... the mom from riverdale if that wasn't enough <laughs> oh Wait, molly ringle she's arthur Ar 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 archie's mom oh. Wait, she's in riverdale yeah what the hell she's archie's mom she's the lawyer Wait, she's so she was who divorces six... fred she was in 16 candles Wait, yeah, her career really went downhill after her teenage years. Some, like names. I know. Like the guy from um, nine. The guy from um, Sweet Life on Deck. I don't know if you've heard of him. <laughs> oh my god, the one with the twin. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. What was I even talking about? Breakfast Club. Okay, <laughs> but it's just really nice to see how like these characters' relationship evolves over the course of the movie, and you're left with questions like. Will these characters continue to be friends even after they're, like, out of detention? And, like, it's so interesting how this one day with each other has changed them, possibly forever. And you really see, because these characters become very vulnerable with each other, you see everything that makes them who they are and, like, explains why they are that way. 
and it really goes deep into these kind of flat one-dimensional tropes and kind of shows that even though these people do outwardly behave a certain way there's so much more going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes and it's also just a fun movie to watch which i feel like i've said about every single thing <laughs> i've listed here but it is fun it's just to watch. all fun yep yeah that's, that's the breathless it. club um really quick i just wanted to talk about what makes some movies great in my eyes i guess and i think it just like i think any movie can be great obviously these are just our opinions and if you think like if you think riverdale is like a great show it can be great too and you can think that. You can think that. And, you know, I won't argue with you after a point. And for something to be great to me, it just has to change me as a... Not even as a person. Like, that's a little dramatic. But change my perspective going in and out. Like, if it makes me aware of a problem or issue that I didn't really know existed in, like, an artistic, masterful way rather than just explicitly stating the issue, like, I think that makes a movie a great movie. Or just even just having such like a captivating plot and characters that you feel like you can really connect to them or you really feel empathy for them. I think like that that is a solid movie. Yeah. I whenever I watch movies I really appreciate character development mm-hmm. and how the I think it's so interesting how directors and people who write these movies are able to make each character behave like a different person and give them their own like, it's all about the details, like, mm-hmm. their own specific personality traits that make who they are, and make some characters likable, some characters ones that everyone hates. Um, along with characters, also, I would also agree with the plot. Obviously, you need a good plot. Um, yeah. And also... I think like, that's the biggest difference between our movie tastes. Yeah. Like, I think the movies you like are more character-focused, and yeah. I think the movies I like are more plot-focused. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies I watch are kind of movies where nothing happens, and I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> but, like, even uh, movies that have a certain message, I mean, not even just, like, moral of the story hey, type School of, of Rock I is so that. intense. It is. So it actually happens. is. Yeah. But, um, if they have a message or give you just a new outlook on certain aspects of life or how you see people or situations or even yourself, I think that's really valuable in a movie and I think that's what's so great about like storytelling through movies Mm -hmm. is that you can show these abstract concepts in a way that's like so familiar to us because we see these types of things every day but it's like also something that's so not real you know Mm -hmm. yeah also I I just wanted to add like I hate the idea that like reading a book is like a really intellectual thing to do but if you just like watch a movie it's seen as like oh you're like watching tv Mm -hmm. like that doesn't require any, like, thinking, but, like, no, I think if you really watch a movie, if you, like, really try to understand it, and if it's, like, a certain level of complexity, I think, like, I think that's, like, a pretty productive activity, like, I don't think it's a waste of your time. As, like, there's one thing where you're just, like, sitting in bed watching movies to, like, prevent yourself from having thoughts, (laughs) but there's, but, like, there's just, there's, like, something, movies are an art form, yeah. And if you're able to appreciate that and, like, understand the difference between what makes a good movie and what makes a bad movie, and really make your own analysis and assign your own ideas mm-hmm. to this movie, I think that's that's a hobby in its own. Yeah. I think that's a skill you can develop. Like, mo- movie critics are have jobs for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, not everyone can just be like, um, yeah, this is why I like this movie. Because sometimes I like any movie. 
Literally, Sometimes any I feel movie like that entertains if, me if I think is a good if, movie. If Christopher Nolan makes a movie, I will be its bitch. <laughs> but, okay, that's not the worst director. But I mean, like, if you like Riverdale, I take back what I said. If you like Riverdale, then I hate this, this isn't directed towards you. <laughs> So go somewhere else. Yeah, no. that is actually not a productive hobby. That is a waste of your mm-hmm. time. But yeah, I really agree with what you said. Like, I think having your own interpretation of a movie and being able to appreciate the themes in it and noticing all, like, yeah. the intricacies to it, I think that's, like, a form of, like, deeper level analysis. Like, it's, like, literary analysis, mm-hmm. but it's, like, film analysis. Yeah. And I don't think it should be given, like, a stigma of... Being, like, lazy. Yeah, being lazy or just watching TV to waste time. Yeah. Even with shows, not have thoughts. even with shows, you can uh, like you can learn so much by following these characters, and it kind of gives you like all these different perspectives just from the like your own house. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you're like I don't know. Cinema is such a valuable thing. Yeah, that you can meet so many different types of people. You can follow different characters. You can even learn so much about yourself through these characters. Yeah. All through, like, a screen, which is genuinely amazing to me. Like, I think watching movies about a diverse set of characters obviously gives you more, like, a more diverse, like, set of thought, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. it opens up your mind to so many different ideas, and just, you see situations that you would never Mm -hmm. see in your real life, no matter, like, where you go. Like, most people don't see the inside of a women's prison. Yeah. Ever. But... Not to generalize not with our to viewers. Generalize. If you do, that's okay. But... <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but Orange is the New Black is, like, an accessible way, even though it's not very accurate at times. It's a very accessible way to get that idea and mm-hmm. kind of change your mind. Because I know the prison system is a very hot topic, like, and it's very, like, debated. It's very controversial mm-hmm. right now. And I think a show like that... it's pretty polarized, too. And I think shows like that that kind of open up to these social issues while also being very genuine are just so important to expanding your viewpoints. And, like, when I was younger, I would watch these, like, complex movies, and even though I, like, didn't necessarily understand it, it just... It was so, like, inspiring to me just to, like, see these, like, big ideas represented on screen that even right now, like, I'll watch pretty much any movie even though I don't think I'll understand it in its entirety just because like I genuinely just enjoy the process mm-hmm. of watching movies yeah. and I feel like that's like a good hobby to have yeah and I encourage you guys to watch movies as well yes also bonus bonus round we a few days ago we watched free guy oh my god it was so amazing funny. watch it in theaters with friends it's like okay so it's like stupid funny but it's also like very yeah. funny no, like, it's also, like... Every joke was hitting. Yeah. It, I think it's also pretty cool, like... It's, like, a pretty cool, like, visualization yeah. of what goes inside. Yeah. Like, video games. I know, and, it, like, game design is something I, like, kind of want to do as a career. And it's just, it's just, like, really interesting to see all the... Everything that goes behind it, more than just the code. Like, obviously, all the feelings and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was another Also, um, Ryan... I knew Ryan Reynolds was in that movie, but I didn't know... Babysitter Steve from Stranger Things. Babysitter? Yeah. He's the babysitter. The kids call him Babysitter Steve. Oh. I think. No, Hair Steve. Steve. The hair. Hair Steve. Okay, this is Steve from Stranger Things. I, I don't know. You know which one it is. Wait, Wait I'm gonna look at Oh, John something. John. That's gonna be so wrong. <laughs> John. Jo- Joe Curie. Joe Joe Curie. Joe Curie's in it. it. 
And he, he makes the whole movie for me. Oh, yeah, he's and he'll make the whole movie for you, too. So if you're watching this in a timely fashion and not five years in the future, <laughs> go ahead, go to your theater and watch it. Free guy. Yep. Um, okay, I guess that's all we have to say about those movies. Um, I'm Rajitha. I'm Ravina, and this was... I'll talk no, no action. action. <laughs> Bye, guys. See Bye. you next time. Kisses for you guys.